Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. So I'm going to hand over to Peter who's going to introduce our talk today. Good morning. So uh, if you've been tuned in over this last few months, then you'll have seen that we've been working our way through Colossians, and uh, today we get to chapter 2. And uh, so uh, we're going to start that today. And uh, it's not just me speaking today. Um, you're going to have all the elders um, speaking, and um, I'm in charge of the stopwatch. Um, so... Um, Apparently, that's just for Phil, Neil, Neil has just said. So, um, I just uh, want to start off, and um, uh, in the last week, I was having a conversation, and uh, we were talking about the fact that when you log on to Facebook, it says, you might know such and such, because they know six other people that you know, and, um, and it tries to put you in contact with them. And uh, you may be familiar with the concept of six degrees of separation. And uh, that says that you can have a connection with anyone else on the planet with just six relationships. And actually, you can then be connected to someone else. And Facebook's the kind of obvious outworking of that. And um, the time that I find it most obvious is if you go to a Christian conference and uh, you're talking to somebody you've never met before and you realize that they know somebody that you know or they know somebody that knows somebody that knows you. And um, you can get these six degrees of separation and um, people always then say, the Christian world is really small Um, because actually there's these relationships as we move around from church to church and we meet each other. So I'm just saying that as um, just to kind of set the scene And I want to read uh, the verse that we're going to be talking from today, which is verse 1 of chapter 2 of Colossians. So Paul says, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. So here's Paul saying, you know, I, I know about these churches. I've never met you. But actually, I've still been agonizing for you. Now, the church at Colossae and the one at Laodicea, they're about 14 kilometers apart. So not too far, really, kind of Matlock-Chesterfield distance apart. And um, if you want to know where that is in modern-day Turkey, it's between Izmir and Antalya, both holiday places. And um, it's fairly close to the coast. And it's probably about 100 miles from Ephesus, which Paul had planted. And uh, whilst he was there, he sent Epaphras down to Colossae. And Epaphras was from Colossae, and he said, go and start a church where you come from. And so um, Epaphras goes off, and uh, he starts churches in uh, Colossae, but also in Laodicea, and one in Hierapolis, a third town fairly close to there. And then he ends up getting arrested. And so Epaphras then ends up in prison and um, is talking to Paul about what's happened, what's happening in the churches. And Paul's heart is broken about these churches. 
Now, we know about the church in Laodicea, don't we? Because in John's revelation, he says, um, Jesus has said, you are lukewarm. So we know about that church, don't we? Because we've heard about that kind of story about them. We don't know anything really about the one at Hierapolis. And Colossae, um, we know from reading chapter 1 together um, over these past few months that the Colossian church wanted to add to the teaching that they'd been given by Epaphras. And they wanted to add to that and say, actually, you should do some of the Jewish customs as well. And if you do those things on top, then kind of there's, there's added grace, or this is a means to getting grace. And Paul's like, no, you've got it wrong. And so he writes this letter to these people and uh, says, I'm agonizing in prayer for you. Because actually, I want you to know the fullness of the gospel. And this is Paul's experience, is that he's got these relationships with all these different churches around. He doesn't necessarily know everyone in all of those churches. Perhaps he doesn't know anyone in those churches. But he knows of the churches, and he knows people who go to them. And so he has these relationships with different churches, and he's agonizing for them in prayer. And um, so today, um, my fellow elders are going to come and they're going to talk to you um, about the different relationships we've got as Church in the Peak with other churches here in the UK and around the world. And um, our hope is that as you hear that, what's happening in those other churches, you will be driven to pray for them. Um, you will understand more about our relationships with the others. And actually, it, it kind of makes that world even smaller because you'll understand more about it. So the first person who's going to come and speak is Phil. Okay, well... Um I've been involved in India now for probably uh, 10 years or so, uh, but as a church, we've actually been involved in India probably for about 15 years, and so we have a relationship first with um, the New Frontiers churches, particularly in and around Goa, and then later on with um, Sundar and Sarah and their work, and then ongoing with, uh, into Karnataka with Mahesh and places around there. So I'm going to do you a whistle-stop tour around India. I have six minutes maximum to share, and Peter is timing me. I didn't time Peter how long he just spoke for, but I'm sure he had more than six minutes. <laughs> but he's shaking his head. So hopefully on screen we will have our first one, which is uh, Sundar and Sarah. I used a picture of them being very young, a few years younger than they are now. So this is Bong here, which is um, just east of Hyderabad, and they there started the Home of Hope, which out of the Home of Hope, they're serving tribal communities, tribal villages. There's numerous churches they're serving there. They serve and care for widows. They teach and train them in sewing. They help feed them, and they are doing amazing work in that and spreading the gospel. They've been given land or purchased land, and they want to see developed and uh, churches on there as well, gathering. And so just a few things to pray for is the home of hope and pray for that land that things will be developing. Pray for leaders, for churches and more churches planting right across those tribal villages uh, around that area. It's quite 
uh, an experience to go and see how they live in those places. And it's nothing like the UK. And so I would encourage you just to pray for them. You can find out more from Sundown Safe, find out more from their website. Okay, next stop is uh, we've gone to Belgium, to Connecticut. And there we have Mahesh Pujari. He's the apostolic team leader. And he leads a team of guys now, church planting, leading churches around Connecticut and beyond into Kerala, into Chennai, and up into Orisha. A number of places he's working. Uh, now, we first got involved in Mahesh when we helped uh, develop the Disha Project, which is a daycare center for disabled children that they set up. We put some money into that. We helped them. They got a building. We purchased all the soft play equipment for them. Uh, they've now moved that into their new building, actually in the center of uh, Belgium, and doing really well. And you've seen a video of that previously. We prayed for this uh, back in January. Next one. Um, is Gangaram. Now he leads a what's known as a gypsy church in Kandalim in Goa, right on the beach, right on the coast. Really nice place to go. Good holiday spot as well if you want to go to India and holiday. And uh, it's great work there. It's different to any other um, Indian church I've been to. The gypsies, they're very vibrant in their colour. They're very lively, very enthusiastic, passionate for Jesus. A great work that he's doing there. And had the privilege of preaching there on my last trip. So, a great place to go. Next one is Vimal. Now, Vimal has moved from Belgium. He was one of the elders with Mahesh. And he's now moved to a place called uh, Kalbergi or Gulberga. It seems to have two names, this place. Again, a big city in Connecticut, the state of Connecticut. And he's gone there to church plant and doing a really great job just starting to gather. They're gathering now around about 15 to 20 people. And also into the next town, he's also planting a second church there as well. So while planting in Kalbergi, there's another town nearby where people are connecting into now as well. So he's very busy, full-time, planting those churches. Uh, next one. So we have Sanjeev, who's in Bidda, another big city in Connecticut. He's been leading work there for quite a few years now. They're gathering around about 100 people or so and doing a great work there, seeing lots of healings and seeing people saved and added. They're also seeing a lot of deliverance going on there, so I encourage you to pray for him. It's a great place. It's one of the uh, cities I've not yet been to. Um, they came down when we planted the Kalbergi Church. Uh, the church from Bidda came and supported that first meeting there, so it was great to meet his church people that uh, Sunday. But I would encourage you to pray for them. Next one, we have Dominic, who leads a church in Vijapur, in Connecticut. Again, a great work. He was planted out from... He moved from Mapusa in uh, Goa and went and planted this church. Again, thriving church now, doing really well, but do pray for them to see growth. Again, they're supporting one another in Bidder and in Kalberga. These three guys particularly are working together in the north area of uh, Connecticut. And God's just blessing them and helping them in that. So do pray for them. Again, another church I long to go and visit. I've not had a chance to get there yet. And then next one is we have Robin. Abraham, he leads the Holy Trinity Church in uh, Changanacheri, Kerala. Really nice, beautiful area. Um, not, never been there before. Very different to any other state I've been to in India. I've got one minute left. Do pray for that. Thriving work, planting churches around. And the next one, the last one we have is Siju. And he's gone to church plant there in Adore in uh, Kerala. He's moved from, uh, again, from Mahesh in Belgium. 
moved last year to church plant, so do pray for him and his wife, Nancy, as they're starting to do that. Some great places, some great churches, do pray for them. So my task is to introduce you to Uganda. And uh, you may be thinking, I didn't know we supported Uganda. This needs to go up. Uh, you may be thinking, I didn't know we supported Uganda. And you'd be absolutely right, because um, we don't at the moment, technically. What happened was that uh, Emmanuel uh, came over at the end of 2019 and met with us on a Friday and shared what is going on in Uganda. And we just caught something that day of uh, the church out there and what he's trying to do. And we really felt that we wanted to get involved with Uganda. And to that end, um, I was going to go to Uganda. And then COVID came and uh, lockdown came here, there and everywhere. And so we've not been able to do that so far. But I just want to give you a quick introduction, if I may, to... Uh, Life Ministries Christian Centre, who are based in Kampala in Uganda. And uh, we have a picture of Emmanuel somewhere and his wife. We've got a, have we got a picture of Emmanuel? Okay. So the church is called Life Ministries Christian Centre, based in Kampala. It's run by Emmanuel. And one of their main focuses is um, encouraging and teaching leaders how to uh, lead and plant churches. They are a church-planting church. They have so far, since 1992, planted 165 churches, which is an amazing figure. This is in Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, South Sudan, and Congo. There is a picture of Emmanuel and his wife, Dorothy. And it was just great to meet with Emmanuel and hear what they're doing. They've planted, as I say, over 165 churches. Now, to do that, they obviously have to have leaders in each one. And so they are on a huge church leader um, drive to get leaders in, to get them saved, to get them trained uh, in the Bible and how to lead a church and how to lead people. And uh, some of the pictures that are going to come up are just going to be of those kind of meetings uh, Andy Brownlee from Manchester and Richard Thomas from Worcester, who are in our kind of catalyst group, they have both been out there and been teaching and helping those guys to lead those kind of meetings. And during that time, they have trained over 200 pastors to go to these various churches, which is an amazing figure. Uh, even in 2019, they had 35 that they were training during that year before the pandemic struck. And uh, it's just an amazing, amazing work. They've got the church which they've built. And they then decided that they really wanted to they'd do a huge food bank operation. And they wanted to uh, open a school. They got the land for the school. They built their own school. They now have three schools. And uh, the schools, on the sign, it says Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And that is their heart, that God will provide Christian education for each of those schools, for the kids that are in those schools. And it's just a work that is just flourishing. 
They then decided that part of the other work was there's no really good hospital in the area that they're in. So they wanted to build a hospital. They found this plot of land and the, the guy said to them, uh, in Uganda apparently if you buy land you have to uh, pay the full price for the land straight away. So let's say this land was £5,000. They didn't have £5,000. And uh, the guy said to them, I will take £1,000 and you can pay me the rest later, which is very unusual. They didn't even have £1,000. So Emmanuel and the elders prayed and God said to Emmanuel, this is the day before the money is due, I want you to sell your car. And he said, well, I can't sell my car. If I sell my car, I'm not going to have any transport and also it's not worth £1,000. And God just kept saying to him, sell your car. So he told a few people that he was selling his car and this guy came along and bought his car for £1,000 and it was only worth £250 and he, he gave them the money and that was the money that bought the land and that is the hospital that they have built out there. They are now have a health centre as well and the work is just expanding. There is huge revival going on in Kampala, in Uganda and in the other countries that we've mentioned. So it's just fantastic. It's a, an amazing work. We really feel encouraged. We want to get out to Uganda whenever we can. So just to give you a flavour of what is going out there, it's just brilliant. So that's Uganda. I'm also just going to talk very quickly about Turkey. You know that we support Heike and Michael out in Turkey. That has now become an apostolic hub for Catalyst Network. They are working really hard out there, seeing God move in an amazing way through their food bank operation, through their services every Sunday, but they are coming against real hardship. They are really being persecuted, and uh, we can't say too much about that, but please pray for them because they are being persecuted and they have to almost kind of meet underground, as it were. But in saying that, they are still seeing people saved in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of the situation of people not being able to meet together. They've had... 53 Turkish people saved, 67 Kurds, 807 Iranians and 745 Arabs saved in the last two years, which is an amazing, amazing figure. They are doing it all online, which is proving to be incredibly difficult. But God is working in the midst of such a difficult situation. God is is working. I was thinking this morning, we have problems doing our live stream. We do it in one language. They do it in four languages every Sunday. Turkish, um, Arabic, where are they? Can't find them. But anyway, four languages. Turkish, Kurdish, Arabic and Persian, that's the one. Four languages, live stream every Sunday. So Paul, there is a challenge for you. <laughs> Please pray for Turkey and particularly for Michael and Heike at this time. They really need our prayers. too fast sometimes okay so i want to just update you on what's happening and what we support around our involvement with the regions um this is not going to stay up so i'll just follow that It'll be easier we as a church we're involved in a region as part of catalyst and that includes wales worcester 
Herefordshire and um, up into around Manchester and also actually down into south of Kent as well. Um, so people gather, it's built on relationship rather than region as, as we would see region. Um, and so where we have relationship, we support. And two of those areas in which we are supporting uh, as, as a church into those regions is into Wales with Andrew Davis, who you now well know, and uh, he's church planting. And when I was last in India with him, he came away from that way. He felt God had spoke to him about planting eight more churches in and around Wales. And so he's on a mission to do that now, as well as the churches in, in, uh, in Hope Church. They're looking to plant now and thinking about their next one, uh, actually into the Brecon Beacons. And so we support Andrew in that and church planting. And obviously we have been supporting Colin over the years, who has been planting churches around Manchester. I went there with a vision to plant 20 churches and they're doing great on that. And obviously Colin has been involved in many other situations, as had Andrew, uh, places where we also gives us the ability to touch other nations as well, from that into Germany and other places that they're involved as well. So we are just so pleased to be able to support those and be involved with those works. So we're not just concentrating on us, but actually other parts of the UK as well, where we can have influence and impact by doing that. So it's a great privilege to do. It was a bit like that. that where everyone comes along to the mic and uh, speaks after that. Um, I'm talking about something different. Uh, over, over the last few years, people have very often said to us, we want to pray for the unity of the churches in the area. And that's been quite difficult. We were approached uh, recently by some uh, uh, people from uh, Eam Church to join with them in... Uh, an initiative, a national initiative called Thy Kingdom Come. And I uh, have had a couple of Zoom calls with them and uh, I have found them to be great folk who want to see the kingdom advance. Uh, there, are, there are a number of churches, Methodist Church up in, in Bradwell, Anglican Church in, in Hope, uh, Eam Church, Catholic Church in, in Bakewell, uh, and us and we want to come together more and pray uh, under the the umbrella of this thy kingdom come initiative which is uh, set up by the church of england it says it's the global uh, coming of a global prayer movement it invites christians around the world to pray from ascension to pentecost uh what, we want to, what they want to do is pray, come Holy Spirit, so that friends and family, neighbours and colleagues might come to faith in Jesus Christ. The people that, that uh, are working together have an evangelistic heart, which is what we, of course, can work with. And we want to stand together in unity, shoulder to shoulder with them. The, you can look up uh, Thy Kingdom Come on, on the internet and see the full thing. But I would just, just share, it's 11 days in May between Ascension and Pentecost uh, where we pray to deepen our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for five friends, neighbours, relatives that they come to faith in Jesus 
and we pray for the empowerment of the Spirit that we will be effective in our witness. And I can't think of anything more uh, succinct than those three uh, objectives. So we will put things through out on, on uh, our, our uh, notices, uh, but be prepared in, in the middle of May that we will be uh, giving you the opportunity to join with other churches in Zoom calls to pray through those sort of things. But we will be praying, come Holy Spirit. That is what everybody has agreed we want to see. We want to see this nation changed. We want to see this nation turn to Christ. And we want to see unity in doing that. Whatever brand of Christianity we have, come Holy Spirit, we'll do the job. So what a good way to, uh, to end up. And I think um, we've had... Um, a really good picture of what is happening um, around the world, where we've got connections currently. And of course, those connections change over time and develop. And uh, you can be involved in those uh, different things, uh, that you can go to those different places, you can pray for them, you can connect with them um, via our current multimedia um, and um, you know you can see what's happening there as well as they can see uh, what's happening here so just want to really encourage you um, that whatever's grabbed you um, from what's been spoken this morning pray into that um, on our website we're just developing a page where those connections are there uh, and that's so that you can actually um, go and follow the links and then find out more about those things But we're going to finish up in worship because all of this is centered in worship. And that's the commonality that we have with all those other Christians and those other churches is that we worship the same God. And it's him who has driven us um, all to not only to worship but to be together and uh, to do the same thing. So uh, let's worship together again.